Welcome to Games We Grew Up With, a podcast that relies on a geeky sensibility and a bunch of nostalgia. In this podcast, my brother and I look at some of the games we played as kids. We'll talk through some of the memories we have of the game when we originally played it. Then we'll see how it's held up after replaying it. And uh, we're going to screw around along the way. This week, the game is Vector Man. So let's get started. I'm Katie. I'm Chris. And uh, let's talk games. So here we are in episode two. We got an episode under our belts. I think we are mildly, mildly pleased with how, how it ended up. So uh, it's definitely still a work in progress trying to figure out what we want to say, what we're trying to say. I'm taking a break because a cat just dug its claws into my thigh. How, how have you been doing since the last episode? So I think one thing I didn't think about when we were starting this whole even idea of a podcast uh, was how much I would enjoy going back and playing these games again. Like I kind of was like, oh, it'll be fun to kind of like tinker around or anything. But like for the game we're going to be talking about today, I was just like, I actually really wanted to play it and was like, I really want to beat this game. And it's been fun reliving some of those old games and getting excited about them again, which is I kind of didn't expect. I kind of expected more just pl- pure nostalgia. Instead, I've actually just, you know, really been enjoying myself, which has been a lot of fun. Yeah, I agree. It's been interesting because I got that Sega Mini and then we had all this stuff on the docket. And it's like, I can't play it yet. I can't play it till we do our, our look back. All of these games I want to play and I can't right now. Yeah, it definitely makes me want to be like, we need to record more Rose Tinted Glasses segments so that we can play more games. Yeah. We're clearly consummate professionals at this whole podcasting gig. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we'll just ignore all the outtakes and everything yeah. that gets cut out eventually there are no outtakes if producer kyle deletes them that's right it's all live it's all live this is just one straight take we never mess up anything nope i have a feeling that producer kyle's gonna add in a little like bleep out segment right there (laughs) (laughs) why why is my mouth not making these noises right now i know we suck don't judge us don't look at my tiny guitars and I just threw up all over myself. <laughs> nope. Cut that out. Producer Kyle has spoken. <laughs> so good. So good. But yeah, so video game podcast, episode number two. Maybe one day we'll get beyond into double digits. Who knows the way things go? We got enough games for it. Oh, God, we do have enough games and I really want to play them. So uh, episode two. Let's rock. All right, so we're hitting that part of the podcast that everyone does. Katie, what are you playing right now? So still working on that Platinum for Final Fantasy VII Remake because it it's hard. But in more fun things, I have forced producer Kyle to play the original Portal. So we were playing through that this week, which is a ton of fun. It is one of my favorite games of all time. Um, the biggest reason to play the original Portal is also just so I can make him play Portal 2, and then we could play the co-op. So good. So that's what we were playing this game. It's it's one of my favorites. Chris and I, we played the co-op version and killed each other all the time, though I don't think we ever finished it. We never finished it, now. So Portal was the game of the week. It was very frustrating to watch someone else play it and not be able to tell them what to do because that's the nice thing to do is not tell them what to do when they don't want to hear it. But I desperately kept being like, no, you're missing the portal spot that's right there in front of you. And it was it was moments. But it was great to, to go back into the humor of that game and just the mechanics. It's such a cool mechanic. And yeah, I love Portal. So it was fun playing Portal again this week. 
it's not something we necessarily grew up with, but it's something that we ended up playing together. And we, you're right, we didn't finish it. So what have you been playing this week, Chris? I have been not doing a ton other than, obviously, the games for this podcast. Skyrim was on sale for the Steam summer sale. So I bought that and started playing Skyrim again on the PC because you could do way more fun stuff on PC. So I'm only like maybe an hour in, but it's it's a fun game. Like, obviously, it's a fun game. So I mean, PC has all the mods, right? It's true, and I haven't even dove into any of the mods yet, but it was on sale for like 15 bucks, so it's like, I just have to do this. So That's fair. Yeah. And that's that's about it. Yeah. Phone games. Yeah, phone games are big. I play that in the background, but that needs almost a segment of its own, so. Right. So, on to the game of the week, Vector Man. What do we know about Vector Man, Chris? So, Vector Man is uh, pretty much a basic run-and-gun platformer. It was released in October 95, developed by Blue Sky Software. It was a Genesis exclusive. It was kind of made in a response to Donkey Kong Country, and you can kind of see that in the graphics, because it had that kind of 3D sprites, 3D models with a 2D background. It was one of the first games to use vector piece animation, so they had 23 sprites all programmed to move together instead of one sprite. That's kind of the a bunch of balls moving all together. So this game ended up getting, uh, looks like, 8.25 out of 10. Why would you say it like that? Don't know. Who gives eight and a quarter a score? Holes, holes do. <laughs> GamePro scored it a five out of five in graphics control, fun factor, and a 4.5 out of 5 on sound. I hate that. Yeah, they don't know why they split the score. That's... Yeah, that's fine. Uh, both Electronic Gaming Monthly and GamePro actually awarded it as the best Genesis game of 1995. Overall, everyone really just gushed about the graphics and the gameplay itself. It was so well-received that Vector Man 2 came out in 1996, also on the Genesis. Again, it, it was a really different era where games came out a lot faster. It didn't, it didn't take two or three years to see that sequel, or ten years, depending. It took a year, and they got that sequel out. It was also really well-received, actually. It didn't quite hit the heights that the original game did, but it really was well-received as well. So well-received that they actually wanted to do a third game in the series, but there was a lot of controversy around it. It was supposed to come actually out for the PS2, so quite a bit later in the generations. No kidding. But there kind of there were issues around who owned rights to the game, who could develop it, uh, and so it never actually even came out. They demoed it at a at conference, but it never actually had an active demo, nor did the game ever come to fruition. So we never got to see Vector Man Three. I know I had fun with it. I'm pretty sure. Did you have fun with it? I definitely had a ton of fun of it. It, it was definitely a game that it was a lot of fun to play. And it definitely felt like a classic Sega game for sure. So what came first? The the vector graphics, the vector piece animation, or Vector Man, the title? Did someone throw together a proof of concept of this? And then they went, oh, we'll just call him Vector Man. And I bet you that's how they leaned in because that's why the final boss, while well, he's called War Machine in the game, he originally was... Raster! 
raster. He was originally raster, which were the 2D graphics. And so I'm sure they thought they were so clever. They're like, it's vectors versus raster. Look how clever we are. Yes, they were so smug probably about this. So smug when like, they did that. Look what I did. We're just going to make this. I mean, that's fun. And this is another game that we played because it came with the system that we bought it. I think it was a game we played quite a bit over and over again. Talking about how we played it and why we were playing it, uh, I think it's time to head back in time and uh, check out our rose-tinted glasses segment. We got the background. Roll that Chiacarino of time. Right, so that copyright-free version of Ocarina of Time's Song of Time means we're into the rose-tinted glasses segment of the podcast. So what we're going to do here is we're going to go back and talk about what our memories of the game are, memories of playing the game when we were kids, memories that we have with no exposure. We've been trying to avoid all of this stuff before we go back and play it again. So this is a completely unbiased recollection. So... First off, I guess, why are we doing Vector Man this week? So I think we picked Vector Man this time because it was a game that we went back to over and over again when we were younger. It was a pretty popular game as well. I think it was definitely a game people talked about, and so it was easy to talk to other people about the game because it was one they were familiar with. It was one of those staples of the Sega, right? It was one of those, you know, you're on this side of the console war. You stake your claim on Vector Man and Sonic. I mean, one more than the other, but it was definitely close to a launch game. So what do you what do you remember of this game? What do you remember playing this game? So it's funny, my, my most vivid memory of this game is actually not of the game itself. It's of that intro screen. So you'd start and it'd be like Sega and it'd have it across the screen and Vector Man would appear on the screen and you could shoot the Sega logo. And I just remember that you could actually destroy the Sega logo. And I remember loving to do that. And that is almost my most vivid memory of this game, ironically, isn't the game itself, is the intro to the game. Oh yeah, because you could just mess around for like a couple minutes and shoot the gun. Yeah, blow up the Sega logo. That's always my very first memory of this game. What about you? What's the first thing you think of when it comes to this game? I hate to go back to what I was saying with Earthworm Jim, but it's that first level. I think it's that's a lot of the games in that era. It's just you remember the first level. This time I'm going to assume when it comes to why we remember the first level is because we sucked. And <laughs> we played the first level probably a lot more than any other level in the game. I think I remember the mechanics of this game a lot more than just the levels. Like I, I remember how he looked, that he was a bunch of basically green balls that formed a man. And Vector Man, he was a, a robot, but it, they didn't call him in a robot, and I can't remember what they called him, but he wasn't a robot because he was made up of orbs. Orbot? Uh, that might be it, actually. <laughs> I, think he, I think that was it. It was a 3D game for the first time. I remember the 3D sprites were the main part of the game, and so it looked amazing. I remember thinking, wow, this is of the future. It's so cool looking. That was one of those games that definitely went for looking nice rather than detail they wanted to give it, like, fake depth, and to do that, it was just like, we're just going to have a bunch of voxels and pixels, and but we're going to make them look really good. But it, it seemed very ahead of the time because of that, though. It seemed really impressive. It, the game felt more impressive because of the graphics and the fact that 
you looked 3D, which again, even though it was a, still a 2D game in the era of 2D graphics, it really stood out because of that. Yeah. And I'm trying to remember, you were like a trash robot and all the other robots went rogue. So you needed to save humanity. In my notes, I think I wrote, it's Wally, but with 8-bit graphics, and you shoot things. I was going to say, is this the first iteration of Wally? Though it, it's definitely better than 8-bit graphics. A little credit. It's no, I was going to say, it's a 1632, whatever it was. It wasn't 8-bit, clearly, because they had that shading. But yeah, for some reason in my brain, it's like, all the other robots went rogue except you. So you have to defeat them to save humanity. There definitely were some environmental themes to the game. Yeah. I also remember there were certain power-ups that you transformed into other shapes. Like, you weren't always a man shape. Sometimes you were like, I want to say a gun shape. I was trying to remember that. That was literally something I thought of just now. And I was like, could you change into other things? Like, yeah. Yeah, I just remember that was a mechanic again of the game is you could switch shapes, which was, again, something really different and not something I remember any other game doing at the time was that you could literally change how your character looked and therefore how it acted throughout the game. So is there anything else you remember from the game? I remember there was no dialogue. There was there was sound effects. There was text on a screen. I remember the first boss. I remember it was some weird shuttle gunship thing that had two spiky balls hanging down from the wingtips. And I just remember it just kind of flew back and forth. So you just had to run back and forth to try to stay out of the way and just shoot it. Yeah, we, we're not sure how complicated Vector Man is versus the way Earthworm Jim was. I remember there being some, like, not secret areas, but you could find areas that weren't in the beaten path. That's a lot of those old platformers, because that's all they had, right? I don't remember having ammo be an issue in this game as much. I don't know if there was unlimited ammo or they just provided enough, whereas... I know, like, in Earthworm Jim, you had to sometimes conserve because you had other mechanics to fight. In this game, I don't think that that was an issue as much. Because I want to say you were shooting green orbs, like you were shooting parts of your body weirdly. Yeah, they really were sh- white. They were, like, white, white star energy pieces, uh, okay, I think. okay. But, yeah, I think you're right. There was no limited ammo. I think you could charge or, like, you could get special ammo or something like that. Yeah, I remember power-ups were a thing, so I think there were certain, like, special ammo you could get. I remember the colors being not dull, but like... Muted. It definitely was a more muted tone, but I think that went with the theme of the game. Again, this was supposed to be, I think, a possibly post-apocalyptic world. And I think that also made Vector Man, who is bright green, stand out more. That's true. Yeah, Vector Man was definitely one of those character models that, like, you say it and you could just picture him. It was like a bunch of green balls, but like green balls with a face and a gun. And I mean, not really a gun. I think it was his hand. I think it was just his hand that he was shooting out of. And not gonna lie, I don't remember a face. I just remember a bunch of green balls that made a body. There might have been eyes. I don't know. I definitely remember cheating. Genesis had the D-pad, so up, down, left, right, and an ABC. And I'm pretty sure all the cheat codes were, like, spelling stuff with those things. The thing that would turn you into a little arrow so you could just no-clip wherever you wanted, it was call a cab. So it's C-A, left, left... A-C-A-B. All of their codes were like that, I'm pretty sure. That's really clever. I don't I don't remember that, but that doesn't surprise me that they would do something clever that is like literally, that. It's, for some reason, that call a cab, like, like the Doom Cheats, just sticks out in my head as something that I remember, which probably means I used it a lot. Cheats aren't really a thing so much anymore in, in new games. They definitely were a 
product of the time. There's no save files necessarily. So the only way to go forward sometimes if you weren't good was cheating. Yeah. You play until you die. And when you've died enough time, you start from the beginning. Obviously, when they're making words out of it, they want players to know the cheat codes. It was a nice little tongue in cheek. Yeah. They want you to know you're cheating and that's okay. I remember playing it a lot. I remember the extra bedroom where the Sega was set up. That's my mental image with Vector Man as being in that extra bedroom, staring out into the backyard, playing Vector Man on that crappy CRT TV, because that's how all of that works. I remember the music. I remember they definitely leaned into the they want to be gritty. You're in a post-apocalyptic, though I don't didn't know those words back then. <laughs> um, like world it just it stood out i remember the music just being kind of darker in theme than something like an earthworm gym or a sonic which is very upbeat and you know your typical bit music uh, i don't remember this being a bit type music it's not even fair to compare editing music to sonic music on sega but that's for another <laughs> day so now what was the score you would have given that game when we were kids you know i'd give that probably like a seven and a half because i remember we played it a lot it wasn't my favorite game, but I remember coming back to it and playing it quite a bit. So I, I think I have to give it seven and a half at least. What about you? I think for a rose tinted glasses score, I would give it a seven. I think that we played it a lot and I enjoyed playing it. I think it was easier for me to play than some other games. So I, I definitely think I gave it probably a seven out of 10. All right. So what do you think you would score it when we go back and play it again now? So I think my predictive score is going to be closer to my old score. I think it's probably going to be a seven. I'll say a seven and a half. I think it'll be slightly better again as an adult than I was previously. So I, I'm hoping that by playing through it again, I'm going to give it a seven and a half by the end. What about you? Honestly, I think there's a lot of rose tinted glasses going on with this game. So I think I'm probably going to end up giving it somewhere around a six and a half, if I'm honest, just because I have fond memories of it. But I just think that the game as a whole, I think it's just going to be like, yeah, it's there. So I'll say I'll go six and a half. So you're being a cynical old man again. Yes. Yes, I am. I've earned it. That's fair. Okay. So at the end of the day, Rose Tinted Glasses scores, I gave it a seven. You gave it a seven and a half. Our predicted scores are that I gave it a seven and a half and you gave it a six and a half. So we'll see how that ends up and how accurate we are. Uh, so for now, let's play that Chiacarina of Time music and head back to the future. All right, we are back into the present from the past, which is a week ago, but we're in the present. <laughs> so we've talked about our memories of the game, and now we've played it again. What is this game about? So we can confirm he was the original Wally, that he was a trash disposing or bot, which I called. We got that right, too. Uh, who was off planet when the main cleaner of the planet, Raster, as we mentioned, became corrupted when he was combined with a nuclear missile. OK, and became who is now known as Warhead. Uh, and then, of course, as every other robot in a dystopian picture happens, he then corrupted all the other Orbots and robots on Earth. So your mission as Vector Man is you land back on Earth and you need to destroy 
all of the other robots and especially him so that eventually when the planet's clean, humans can actually come back and occupy the Earth again. Original Wally. So we want to make sure moving forward when we're looking at these, we have great memories of these games, but we're kind of curious what other people think of some of these games. So Chris, what, what did people on Facebook respond when you asked them about Vector Man? Yeah, I was lazy and I threw it out on Facebook to get other people's opinions. So we have Tom on Facebook said, we were Sega kids growing up and graduated to Genesis from the Master System. Definitely had Vector Man 1 and 2. We had Adrian and he had a nice one word response. He just said frustration. I mean, that's fair. Yeah. My buddy Kyle, he just said, wow, this game looks cool. And then parentheses said, but why is it so hard? Also fair. Right. We had uh, from another Tom, great game, fantastic soundtrack. I can't fault him there. I mean, soundtrack is a bit generous. I think there it were like was, three it songs. It was fun. Yeah. And then we had my friend Charlie. My first memory of this was when my friend asked me what my first memory was, and I had to resist the urge to call him a nerd and run to Google to figure out once again, what the hell my friend was talking about. This is what I deal with on Facebook. I mean, that's Facebook in a nutshell. That is. Okay, so now that we've hear, heard what everyone else is thinking about the game, what they thought of the game, whether they remembered it or not, let's talk about our actual playthroughs because we actually played through the whole game this time. We played through it a lot. We, we spent a, a good uh, about five hours each on the game. What was that? That was my sarcastic congratulations. Oh. That was, that was... Producer Lisa was just clapping in the background that we managed to beat this game. I feel personally attacked. Uh, yes. Yes, I agree. Uh, so, so what did you actually think of the game? How did you feel after the, this playthrough? No, I liked it. I mean, I it's kind of what I remember. I liked it a lot. I, I think... It was easier than I thought it was going to be. And I say that, and I played it on easy. And I looked through your notes, and you called me a cheater. And for what it's worth, I did play this game on easy because I wanted to get through it. More specifically, you played this on, as they call it, lame. Lame, yes. Because it's back in that day where they totally shamed you for changing the difficulty level. Which, you know what? I'm okay with. I was going to say, I feel like their scale was a little unfair because it went from lame, which was easy mode, then wicked, which is normal mode, to insane, which is hard. I feel like wicked is way harder sounding than normal. One thing that I thought about this game is there was a time limit for these levels. I had completely forgotten about the time limit. That was something that I did not remember. And it really changed the gameplay overall because there was a time limit. It drove me crazy because, like, I want to I want to explore and I want to, like, try to get something done. But then all of a sudden you do that. And I think you said multiple times on, on Twitch as I was playing, it was just watch your time. And I wasn't paying attention. I just went, oh, crap, I'm running out of time. There's 30 seconds left. And I think I think producer Kyle pointed out the number of times I died when time ran out just because you just kind of explode. Yeah. When time runs out. 
It it's doesn't. Like, Why did I die? Why did I die? Oh, I you, ran out of you time. You would expect it to give you some sort of warning, like a countdown ticker or like music that ramps up because time is running out and you don't get any sort of warning. It just is the same and then you're dead. Unlike what we were talking about in the, the rose tinted, the uh, Sonic underwater they didn't have any of that so it's just like a little bit of a tick in the background and then you just blow up yep i think overall though the gameplay was super smooth still like i easily fell back into having played it before i could definitely feel that um having played through there were some interesting mechanics like there was unlimited ammo but the power-ups were limited those worthless power-ups 90 percent of the time yeah can we talk about that yeah, some of the power-ups didn't really help, which was frustrating. So the way this game worked is there was little TVs that were hanging in the air, and you had to shoot them, and you would blow them up, and it'd be a weapon power-up. So, And then you would, like, find them in random places. And then you'd be like, oh, sweet, I found this thing. It's like, it's a weapon power-up. Yeah. That doesn't help me at all. Yeah, uh, I would say with the TVs, though, A, that that sound effect, as soon as I heard that sound effect again of when the TV was being hit, I was just like, oh, yeah, that is such a satisfying sound oh, yeah. of you hitting the TV because you know you're hitting it properly. But more than that, uh, it made me remember that, like, this is a game that actually encourages completionism because they tell you at the end of each level, oh, you hit this many TVs out of this many TVs. So you'd be like 17 out of 20 TVs and then. It'd be like 100 out of 150 photons, I think they were called. And so it really, it's interesting the juxtaposition of the timer element of you have to finish the level in a certain amount of time, but then there's an exploratory element that you want to find as much as possible to try to find all the TVs, find all the photons, do all that. Even if they don't benefit you all the time, like you still, it still encourages you to do that, which was kind of an interesting part of the gameplay. I never really cared to get them. It was one of those things. And then you like you finish the level. It's like, oh, you didn't get these photons. It's like, oh, I, I couldn't be bothered, I guess. Mm-hmm. So you start and the first level right off the bat, you could see a ton of unexplored areas. And I don't think I still found there's areas in that first level that I never found a way to get to. Yeah. But most of the levels, I think, with, with a few exceptions were incredibly non-linear, right? Like, yes. there was a ton of secret areas. You could go a ton of places. And that was really cool, right? Yeah. No, it was really cool. But And I think it also adds to some replayability in that you could play the same levels, not always in completely different ways, but there were different places you could go in different ways you could end it. The bonus levels made you end a level earlier than you would have if you went to the end of the game. I think example in my head is, I think it was day three where you had to go straight up, basically, day three or four. And I just shot up as fast as possible to get to the boss at the top of the level because I just didn't want to deal with it. Whereas you bounced back and forth and were like trying to explore as much of your way up as you were going. And it's just, again, it gave you that both options were completely legit and viable. We just completely approached them differently, which I thought was really interesting. But still, yeah, I mean, and that's the other thing is you had these days, your levels weren't equal. So you had this huge, expansive level one, day one, and then level day two was just you as a tank shooting at one boss, and that's it. Which I totally forgot about. So, like, we talked about that first level that I definitely remember, that first boss, which, you know, was a, a fairly straightforward boss. 
you drop down it it opens its little it's it's like a little drop ship thing and you're shooting it running back and forth good feeling you beat it yeah you go into the second level and all of a sudden you're a train the different weight almost to each level was interesting and things like being underwater i guess because you're a robot but it didn't mean anything being underwater there was no oh no i'm running out of air elements it was just yeah nope you're underwater as a robot overall it just you got to do a lot of different things just kind of jumping forward in the number of days there were really weird bosses too you you fought a disco monster at one point which was a thing that was the weirdest thing i think my comments for that like all of a sudden, again, you're going through all this platforming stuff, and then you hit, you're a train, you're whatever. Then you're on a disco floor. Let me see, because I think the manual, what did the manual say about this? Oh, it was a specific boss round. It was called Dancing Fool. And the manual says, when confronting Warhead in the disco, Vector Band becomes a dancing fool. Bounce off the enemy tops and shoot the evil villain through the spinning door. Watch out for the electric charges that Warhead fires at you. So that's crazy that the manual, again, that we talk about how manuals are kind of a lost art and and that the manual told you that much info. It never tells you in game. No. I definitely tried a first couple times having no idea how to beat that boss. I will note the day itself, because the days had chapter titles essentially, and it was called yeah. Staying Alive, yeah. which loved the reference to disco music for a children's game of no one who probably understood disco music. Again, you go from a platformer to a top-down, all of a sudden you're a little tornado thing on a disco floor, which has nothing to do with what the rest of the game was doing before it. And then later you're like playing a Frogger-esque level where you're trying to go through like these these giant feet that are trying to stomp on you it's just there's some really weird levels intermixed with your classic platformer games and i don't think we remembered any of those weird levels it was like a bamboo roll type thing yeah it was kind of it was going out and you had two like almost like easter island head things that were coming down stomping on top of you and you were you were like a frogger thing right yeah it was definitely frogger element to it but they don't tell you what you need to do to win that level which is shoot them they never tell you that i didn't know you could shoot i spent about 10 minutes dodging died a couple times and all of a sudden i just hit the a button and it's like i could shoot i can shoot these things and that's just like the train they never explain to you on the train what you need to do that you need to jump and shoot right and and maybe it's in the manual again it's absolutely in the manual And, and that's kind of a funny thing to it because like, yeah, or like the bamboo level, if you hit the down arrow, it goes faster. Or if you hit the up arrow, it goes slower. Like, they don't tell you that. I just was like, why is it fast all of a sudden? Yeah. It was kind of fun. It was like you, you were in this random platformer and then all of a sudden it was just completely, you know, throw you a curveball. It's nice when a game surprises you, right? Like even after all these years. It's, it's fun because like, we totally forgot about those parts of the game. It's like, yeah. all I can remember is just a platformer. And then it's like, what? What's happening? Yeah, it's funny. And then the, the things we do remember, like the cheat codes were absolutely correct. Like the call a cab was absolutely a cheat code in the game. And Ab- Abracadabra and Call Dad, they were very clever cheat code names. It was funny. Like that was the only way to get certain elements. But it's funny, like what sticks in our memory, like the call a cab stuck in your memory. And we remember yeah. the platformer because, like, again, a majority of the game was platformer. And to be fair, 
you remember the first level, but that also means you remembered levels like eight and 10 and like 12 because it was like, oh, look, it's the first level, but purple. Pur yeah, different colors. And now that's the first level, but blue. Like, it was just really funny. But those are the things that stick out. The really actually creative elements of the game weren't ones that we remembered because they were so isolated within the game. Yeah. And, and in the game's defense, the levels, again, other than those couple, I thought were fairly unique. There were some really clever levels. I mean, it was, they were still platformers, but they were still really yeah. clever. And, and there was like the steampunky elements to some of them. And the final boss is the worst. And we're not going to talk about how long it took me to beat him. It was a lot. It, it took a while. And then, again, the mechanics to beat the final boss were nothing you ever dealt with, really, in the game except for shooting. Like, the shooting was there, but the the jump, the constant jumping, the constant having moving was just not something I think you ever did earlier in the game. I will say most of the bosses were actually fairly unique. But they also had really cute names at the end. I loved in the credits that everyone got names, even the non-boss enemies got names. Oh, yeah. What was the one with the, 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 one with the face here? All of the stuff is in the guide. Uh, let's see. Well, there was Jaws, which was the weird fire extinguisher with a bear trap. The weird face with the backhoe that took me forever on my second Marge. playthrough. Marge! I just... I love that her name is Marge. Like, why? Like, was there someone on the dev team named Marge? But... Oh, it's totally a mother-in-law. Uh... <laughs> But then also on the other end, and then there was just like, oh, monkey. You're like, really? You guys couldn't yeah. come up with anything better than monkey? And it didn't even look like a monkey. Oh, that was one that, that, that was a boss that frustrated me because you had a ton of the bosses beforehand where you shot them and they flashed, right? Yeah. They flashed so you knew that they hit them. And then you hit, you hit the boss like uh, you hit. It was a spider, except it only had two legs, but they called it a spider. Oh, yeah, they called it a spider, but it had two legs with a missile. You shot it, and it kind of shook a little bit, but it didn't flash. Like, it, it, like, expanded a little bit, so it looked like the joints weren't together, but, yeah, it didn't flash or anything. It wasn't really as obvious. Yeah, no, you went from the quote-unquote spider with two legs. Then you went to the piranha, which has one of the greatest sound effects when we were playing a boss ever of Chris going, Ah, fish! Like, uh, it was a piranha with legs! The story with that is that I had beaten the apparently spider... Which doesn't look like a spider. Nope. That was the boss where you, you go through and there's like a blueprint in the background, right? It shows up from the blueprint, pops out, you chase it around, and it's one of those things you kind of have to chase it and shoot diagonal, which was not an yes. easy thing in this game, right? Like, because you couldn't shoot diagonal without moving, yeah. So you're trying to shoot this thing diagonally and chase it around, and then I think I... I think I managed to kill it when it was off screen. So you could look at me on the stream, like slowly walking around trying to figure out what happened. And then all of a sudden, there's a piranha on its feet. Yes, and it, it was very fast and it like skittered towards you. Yes, you could hear my reaction and then you could hear producer Lisa in the background watching me play, laugh at me, freak out when it just showed up. Ah! There's a fish now! And I have to kill it. Apparently. No, go away! Uh. <laughs> so, we did both beat the game. That that counts for something, I feel like. And we'll segue to the thing that I didn't want to talk about, because you're jerks, of, of Warhead. 
and the final boss, I spent so much time on that level. And you had to jump up the stupid freaking tornado, which I always lost lives on for no, like not lives, like health yeah. points for no reason. And then I get to him and I'm trying to shoot at him. And like, I just, I just hated the final boss with every fiber of my being. Well, and it came out of nowhere, right? Because the, bo- the, the level before that was just one of those other like levels you go through all of a sudden. And, and we knew how many levels there were, right? Yes. But if you didn't. All of a sudden, it's like, all right, finish this level, and then like, what? What was the? D- describe that level in detail. Like, how did you start? Oh, you just out of nowhere are in the middle of a tornado suddenly, and you have to shoot at things that are flying through the tornado at you. It was like like, like literally like chairs. no warning. It was chairs and what looked like maybe like picture frames. We were debating picture frames or t- TVs, maybe. Yeah, and they were yeah. pool chairs to be specific. Yes, exactly. Like, those it was old just so random. Those old school pool chairs, and it was just so random. And you had to go through that to get to the very top. And it's again a timed level, and you only have like two minutes to beat the final boss. And you have to get through the tornado, which you cannot speed up for like thirty seconds. So you have like a minute thirty to beat the final boss, and you're just jumping from quote unquote roof to roof and shooting it in the head, and it's just. I just hated it. I hated it so much. And the problem is, right, if you if you fell off one of those roof pieces, it's just kind of like, it was trying to be nice to you, and it threw you into the air. And half the time, it would just throw you into one of Warhead's little shots. Yes. And that drove me, bo- like, there were times you could not control where you got thrown, or, like, you'd double jump, and you swear you're going to be over one of the little fireballs he shot at you, and then, nope, you still somehow land on it, and it takes the health, like... I, in my head, it wasn't as long, but I think genuinely I spent like 40 minutes to an hour trying to beat Warhead. Oh, I, I, I looked because I was I had it on the background when I was doing work. And I was like, oh, here's here's Katie on the final boss. And it's like, how much is left in this video? It's like, oh, there's like 30 minutes left. And then I looked at it, it was like, oh, you've got another video where you do it for a little bit more. Yeah, no, it was... It was hard. It was, that was, that was a legitimately... Really hard. And again, I didn't... Again, because I didn't explore very much, which they want encourage you to do, the way you expand how much health you have is by playing more of the game or exploring more of the game. I only had six health pieces out of a total of possible ten. So I would go in with so little health to start with. And it makes a big difference. It makes such a big difference when even when you're getting up the stupid freaking tornado, you lose three health, you're down to three health. You get hit three yeah. times and you're done. Ugh. I think I think I managed to get, and, and well, chalk it up to me playing on easy. I guess we'll go with that. Because you start with slightly more, but I think I ended up with like eight. But even when I went back to play it again on regular... And you use the cheats to start with 10 health. It's yeah. just such a big difference to be able to tank that health. I know. I didn't get do it, but I would. I know if I had started on that level with, like, 10 health instead of the 6 oh, I yeah. did or even it, 5, it I would have... so much better. Like So much easier. And it's, and it's... I think we talked about this. Warhead refused to follow the rule of three, right? Right. Like, you'd hit him, you'd hear a noise... And he'd kind of shed some of his skin. It would get faster. You're like, all right, I got this. You do it again. Knock off a little bit more. And then do it again. And you're like, well, I did it three times. It's like, there's more. It's like, what do you mean there's more? Yeah, it was but, It was a long, 
Not a long game, clearly, because we just said it took us maybe, what, five hours, but... Five hours, it was, about. It was, it was easier than other games we've played in other episodes, but... Ha! So I think, what do we figure out? Uh, you beat my score? Yes, barely. Barely. Because that's what we're all about. I barely beat your score, and, and that was kind of interesting that playing it on normal mode versus easy mode, there weren't, as far as we could tell, score multipliers. Like, I barely beat you in score. That might have just been luck. Like, it, it is interesting that it there isn't, like, oh, by playing it on easy mode, you can fully get a really, really good high score, apparently. Or I just sucked, to be fair. That's also a possibility. So what do we give our final scores? Let's get to those final scores. What do you rate the game overall after you did the replay? Because I hate producer Kyle, I'm going to give it an 8.375, which is uh, 8 and 3 eighths. No, I'm just kidding. I'm giving it a 9 because it was legitimately a ton of fun. It was hard. And I, I, I didn't. I did. I didn't think I was gonna like it as much again, but it was just a ton of fun. <laughs> He's so bad. Did you just ruin that take for that? No, it's fine. Keep the take. Keep the take because producer Kyle was telling me that I was number one <laughs> in the background. Okay, so you gave it a. At the end of the day, you gave it a nine out of ten. I'm. I'm gonna give it a nine out of ten because it was a ton of fun. It wasn't too hard. Un unlike other games it it wasn't fr it was frustrating but like i got there like i didn't really have to cheat so i i i had fun uh what about you what would you give it i think at the end of the day i gave it an eight and a half out of ten i really had genuinely a ton of fun playing it i didn't suck as badly as i thought i was going to i could actually beat it on the normal mode without like i didn't cheat i mean save scum yes but didn't cheat uh, and and that was really satisfying. I would say the graphics, of course, in the long run don't hold up versus how games look today. Uh, there were moments where it felt a little clunky. Sometimes there were moments where, like, you turned into the the fish for no apparent reason, or the as we said, the power ups made no sense yeah. sometimes. But just at the end of the day, I just had a lot of fun, and I, I was inspired to play it. Like yeah, I, was, I, I wanted, wanted to wanted play to it. Keep going, yeah. Which, exactly. Which is, kind of a big deal um so that i mean we way underrated it apparently our predicted scores i gave it a seven and a half out of ten you gave it a six to six and a half out of ten so we we way underrated it on our predicted scores which is kind of nice it's nice to play a game and enjoy it more than we thought we were going to with as hard as as earthworm jim was the last time and i will say I, I mean it was hard it was kind of nice where it's just like eh, i'm just gonna run through this and, and just kind of blast through this little platformer yeah it was nice you didn't have to be precise in earthworm jim yeah. you had to be precise vector man you could just shoot everyone whenever you wanted it was nice. yeah can we talk about can we talk about the shading and the coloring because yeah. i thought that was that was kind of interesting like what did you think about the the backgrounds the coloring stuff like that it was brighter than I remembered. For some reason, I remembered it more dystopian of like dark colors and muted colors, except for Vector Man. And that really actually wasn't the case. There were some really bright and vivid background colors. And uh, Vector Man actually wasn't always green. He'd go through like shafts of light that turned him to like a lighter green or a yellowish even. And I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Like it's there was a couple times where it's like, what's. It was almost, I thought it was a glitch, right? Yeah. And I thought it was more dystopian, dark and drab and stuff. And it was very vivid. And, and I really appreciated that. Again, 
Um, the, the 2D graphics in the background, the flat graphics in the background don't quite live up to the way Vector Man does. He definitely stands out because of that. But it was yeah. still, it still didn't feel all that out of place. It, it, overall, the graphic design was really colorful and interesting. And I think a lot of games were back then. And I don't know why in my head I muted it more, but it just, it was a very colorful game, which I really appreciated. So, so did they make any remakes of this game? So I don't, I don't think they did. Well, there's no like remakes. It has been ported to a ton of consoles. Uh, it was so popular they've ported it to PS2, PSP, GameCube, Xbox 360, PS3, Wii, and Steam. So you can get this game on a lot of different platforms. They didn't remaster it. They didn't remake it or anything. Uh, but it it is definitely in a lot of different places. I, and I don't think you really need to remake this game because what are you going to do? Like it was kind of, again, as we joked about earlier, it was kind of a proof of concept. Let's make this vector technology and turn it into a game, right? Like there's there's no there's no purpose for updating it. Yeah, no, I agree. I think it is perfect for the time period it was in. It was still fun to play again, but I don't really see a need to redo it again beyond just porting it so other people who don't have a Sega or a Sega Mini uh, that they can still play it. I think it's worth that. But beyond that, I would say no need for anything else more epic than that. But overall, was it worth the go back and play? I mean, while they've ported it to a bunch of consoles, do you personally think it's worth it? Yes, that's why I rated it higher than than what i i did in the rose tinted i think it's definitely a a fun game to go back i think it's challenging enough and i think with with emulators with with sega mini um you can honestly i would say rather than even do safe scubbing just do the cheat and give yourself a bunch of lives don't give yourself health i will say let yourself find the health Mm. power-ups right so Challenge yourself a little bit. Yeah, give yourself that difficulty, but give yourself lives so you can just repeat and go through it again. That's how, that's how I would say for this replay, give yourself all the lives, start yourself the original original amount of health, because I think that's going to be the fun way to play this game. What yeah. do you think? No, I agree. I think I definitely liked picking it up and playing it again. I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I was going to. I definitely think I'd go back and play it again another time. Uh, either And I think actively try to explore more than I ended up doing this last playthrough and try to find more of those health pieces and find more of those parts of the game I couldn't find uh, through this first playthrough. So I definitely think it was worth a playthrough. I think I would play it again. So yeah, no, I had a, I had a ton of fun with Vector Man. Well, anyways, overall, I would say we really enjoyed Vector Man. It definitely lived up and beyond our expectations. So that was a lot of fun. If you haven't played it, we recommend it. If you have played it and you liked it back in the past, we still say play it. Uh, so play some Vector Man. Tune in next time. We are going to talk about Jack and Daxter, the Precursor Legacy. First part of a trio of games that we both enjoyed the heck out of. One of the best trilogies on the PS2. If you want to see us playing through these games before we even do the podcast, check us out on Twitch at GWGWShow. If you miss us on Twitch, you can find us on pretty much any other social media platform at GWGWShow. Uh, That's YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We're all over the place. Uh, And you can watch us make fools of ourselves on pretty much every platform. So thanks for listening in and we'll uh, see you next time. Say bye, Chris. Bye, Chris. Bye, everyone.
It took your sister 58 attempts and 50 minutes to finish the last boss. You counted? <laughs> you counted? Did you count? Oh, if that was an actual count, I wish I had brought that up. That was a real count? Oh my god! <laughs> it was a lot. Shut up!